Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host who put the nut in health nut, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, I took a look at a very important but not very exciting topic of how you can be prepared for an emergency or for an injury. And so if that's something that appeals to you, you should go back and listen to last week's podcast. I know that after doing the research for that podcast, I realized that I needed to update my first aid supplies. And this is someone coming from someone who actually carries their own AED with them or keeps it around. You got your own personal AED. So I take the the first aid stuff very seriously. And I realized that my kit needed a little bit of help, uh, especially the anti-choking device that I mentioned in there. So I recommend that you go back and listen to last week's podcast. If you didn't, it could, if not save your life, save you a lot of pain and suffering. However, this week, I'm going to take a look at inflammation. What is it and what can you do about it? Now, to start with, there's two types of inflammation. There's acute inflammation, which is good. If you get injured, if you get scratched, you get cut, you break a bone, you sprain an ankle, you do whatever, you've had an injury, your body realizes it, it sends more blood flow to that area, it causes the uh, blood vessels to become a little bit more porous, and that lets the white blood cells and the disease-fighting cells out, and you produce a whole host of chemicals the, and growth factors and things that go in and start telling your body, hey, we got to fix this mess. So when it happens that you get injured in any way, your body starts fighting infection and starts rebuilding the tissue. It starts uh, making sure that you're okay and repairing. So that's a really good thing, and that's acute inflammation, and it goes away after a short period of time. And you know I've done, mentioned this in other podcasts, but unfortunately, a lot of times we start trying to fight all inflammation, and, and we put ice on it, and we do anti-inflammatories, we do everything we can to stop acute inflammation. And acute inflammation is not the problem. Acute inflammation is helping you, so we don't want to stop it. It's whenever the inflammation just keeps on and on and on. Sometimes our bodies start to think that we're injured even when we're not. One of the big things that your body sees as an injury is excessive fat, Um, especially if you get the abdominal fat, the fat that's underneath the muscle tissue. Um, The the fat that's on top of the muscle tissue, the, the one that's right below your skin, is not as bad. But that that's underneath the muscle tissue and that surrounds your organs, your body says, hey, this is not a good thing. We need to get rid of it. So it starts producing inflammatory markers. And your body says, "Okay, we are injured. We are inflamed. We're going to start doing things to combat it. And when that happens, you stay in a chronic state of inflammation, and that's whenever the bad stuff starts to happen. And one of the big reasons is your body starts to recognize your cells as an enemy, and so it starts to attack you. And when it starts to attack you, then you start having all kinds of problems that we'll get into in a little bit. Now, they can measure how much you are inflamed. They can draw your blood, and they can check your C-reactive protein. And I've talked about C-reactive protein a lot in past issues. C-reactive protein has been shown in a lot of studies to be a linear marker of your chances of having a heart attack or stroke. The higher your C-reactive protein, um, in most cases, the greater your chances of a cardiovascular event. So, obviously, this inflammation is a bad thing 
There's another one that uh, is measured a lot. It's called interleukin-6, and it also measures your level of chronic full-body inflammation. Well, what happens if you have chronic full-body inflammation, if it stays long for a while? The biggest thing is cardiovascular disease. It starts to affect the stretchiness of your blood vessels. It starts to cause plaques to build up in your blood vessels. And when that happens, you can start to get cardiovascular events like um, heart attack and stroke. And so you really want to not have the chronic inflammation from that. Um, you can also, it also will contribute to certain kinds of cancer. It causes you to become much more insulin resistant. So it, it's a major contributing factor to type 2 diabetes. And if you think all these things that we're saying, they're all related. You know, like people say, well, most people who have type 2 diabetes also have a weight problem. And the weight problem is partially what's causing the inflammation. So it, it's all related. And so to say that one actually causes the other, but they are very correlated that if you have a high level of these inflammatory markers, chances are you are going to have a high level of insulin resistance. You can also have um, uh, joint pain. Uh, the worst kind would be the rheumatoid arthritis where your body starts attacking the joints. You can have allergic asthma, COPD, Alzheimer's, chronic kidney disease, and irritable bowel disease. And almost all of these are, if not caused by, are aggravated by chronic inflammation. And the main causes of chronic inflammation are first your body weight, um, and that, that's the biggest one. The only problem is that's one of the hardest ones to do anything about because if you've ever put on a few pounds and then tried to take off a few pounds, when you were 20, it might have been easy. But when you get a little beyond that, it gets harder and harder and harder to shed those pounds. So let's look at some of the ones that are easier to control. Um, smoking is one. Um, that's a hard one to do, but um, of course, if you're smoking, obviously, I would advise that you stop immediately. Not exercising. Beginning some kind of a daily exercise program is one of the best things for reducing your inflammatory markers, and they begin to reduce if you'll do as little as walk a half mile a day or the equivalent of walking a half mile a day. So if you're exercising about mild exercise about 30 minutes per day, then you're going to start to see a decrease in your inflammatory markers. Now, if you exercise more vigorously, chances are that your inflammatory markers are going to go down. I will say, though, very vigorous exercise does cause acute inflammation because it causes a little bit of muscle damage. So you get an increase in acute inflammation, but over time you get a decrease in the chronic inflammation because you might say, well, man, I hurt like the devil after I get done exercising sometimes. Well, that's that's a good thing because you're lowering your baseline of inflammation. Okay, that's the first easy one. The The next easy one, and it's um, how easy it is, but is watch what you eat. There are certain things that certain foods that are will increase your inflammation and a lot of foods that will decrease your inflammation. Grain fed red meat is one that really increases your inflammation. Um, you really need to cut down on your saturated fats and your trans fats. And replace, now, don't get rid of all your fats because fats are a good thing. And I'll probably do a, a episode on fat coming up sometime soon. 
And when you're looking for good fats, your polyunsaturated fats are what you want. Uh, a lot of these are omega, omega-9s, omega-6s, and omega-3s. And you've heard those phrases before. Um, you may not know what they are, and I don't have real time to go into them now. But we eat way too much omega-6 fats and not enough omega-3 fats. Most of us, our ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is 20 omega-6s to every omega-3. And it needs to be about 2 to 1 instead of 20 to 1. Carbohydrates increase your inflammation depending on the carbohydrate. Simple carbohydrates seem to promote inflammation. However, a diet that's high in complex carbohydrates and fiber, you got to have the fiber in there, but your high complex carbohydrates and fiber dramatically lower your inflammation. Now, put in another word, that means if you eat a whole lot of fruits and vegetables, whole grains and nuts, you are going to have probably less inflammation than someone who eats a lot of Twinkies and bacon. And I know a lot of you are saying, well, duh, of course that you're going to feel better if you eat a diet high in fruits and vegetables and nuts and all that stuff instead of eating Twinkies and bacon. But a lot of us are still eating the Twinkies and bacon and Big Macs and all of that good stuff which is increasing our inflammation. So we need to work at improving our diet. Um, once again, it turns out that the Mediterranean diet is probably one of the best things you can eat. So if you want to reduce your disease chances by reducing your inflammation, first thing you need to do is probably to get up and start moving a little more unless you're already meeting or exceeding the exercise guidelines. And the other thing is, is try to Eat closest to the Mediterranean diet as you can. Eat lots of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and get lots of fiber. Um, cut down on your saturated fats. Eat more omega-3 fats. And that will lower your inflammation and that will make your fitness just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing... Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.